Do you fear the zombie uprising? Are you prepared to survive what's coming? If you listen very carefully, you might just make it out alive. This is Zompocalypse Now. last week actually no Halloween was this week mm -hmm. actually um, but uh, we recorded released last week's episode on Halloween right so but last Sunday was the chili cook-off at your right. church and the kids got all the, the candy did you all guys actually candy. go trick-or-treating on Halloween yes so then we got more of all of the candy uh -huh. someone put a full unopened bag of Almond Joys Heath Bar and Reese's uh, and milk duds and all that, that assortment, mm -hmm. full unopened bag in Cardell's Halloween bag. <laughs> so I'm enjoying an Almond Joy right now. Enjoying is the wrong word. You did not offer me any Halloween candy. I am hurt. Would you like some Halloween it's candy? It's too late now. I'm now gonna, I am deeply wounded. I'm going to eat is a, There is a dagger in my heart. I picked, I picked the crunchiest <laughs> wrapper candy I could find. <laughs> yes. I'm sure and, that would be lovely in the recording. Right. I sit there and listen to all the crackle noises. Um, because I don't particularly like coconut candy. But mm, for sure. some reason, like, I guess the, the, the thickness of the coconut layer and the almond and the chocolate mm -hmm. works in a way. Um, does that make any sense? Yeah. No, I understand that. Uh, this is Apocalypse Now. For those of you who are listening, we presume that you know that. Otherwise, just like randomly pushing podcasts. <laughs> what is this? Uh, I am Tim. I'm Dustin. And we have a new Facebook page, by the way. Yes. So for those of you who who have somehow managed to miss the info we've had the last couple of weeks, SciFiForMe.com, the website that this podcast still actually lives on. Right. Um, has changed its format a little bit. We it used to be very much a news site. A commentary site, a review site. Now it is more of a aggregator site. So right. basically, it'll be it's going to be providing lots of links to other stories around the web. Right. Right. Um, there's a lot of reasons for this. The primary one uh, comes down to not enough time in the world. People for people who can't do this as professionals. Right. And we have an amateur staff or a, a non-professional volunteer volunteer staff. Yes. And um, quite frankly, a lot of it was falling on our the founder of the website, Shoulders, mm -hmm. Jason Hunt, and he has a life as well, and there's only so much you can do. So the site itself has become an aggregator site, but there are still three original shows that are continuing on. Triple Whites, which is our Star Trek show. Mm -hmm. uh, Salacious Crumbs, which is our Star Wars show. These are video shows. Uh, you will find them on our YouTube channel, the Sci-Fi For Me TV right. YouTube channel. Zompocalypse Now is continuing on as well. We're the only podcast. We are currently the only podcast. And so you can you will still find us there on, on Sci-Fi For Me. And I think Horror For Me is still going to have us posted there as well. Mm -hmm. um, you can find us on iTunes, oh, iTunes and uh, Google Play. Actually, okay. we're on Google Play as well. And Podcast.com, which is where actually everything gets posted to Podcast.com first. That's the hosting service. And then that... That stuff goes out to iTunes and Google Play and all that fun stuff. 
But because the website itself has changed, um, we thought it might not be a bad idea to have uh, something that we could basically have as a, a destination place for those people who want to just follow the podcast. Right. So we'll probably actually probably need to have a Twitter account as well. Um, although I think we may just use horrorforme.com. Uh, that could be... Uh, that Twitter, we could, Twitter we could probably we uh, rebrand re it. No, I think uh, uh, probably change not. its name. Um, I think well, I think they want to keep horrorforme.com the same kind of thing as an aggregator. So in any event, uh, we have a Facebook page. It is Zompocalypse Now Podcast. If you go to Facebook and type that in, in fact, if you just type in Zompocalypse, I'm pretty sure we'll come up right away. It's uh, it's not an actual word <laughs> so much as it is an idea. Uh, anyway, we would love it if you would become, if you would like our Facebook like page. Like our Facebook page. And you can uh, find all kinds of neat things there. Um, well, right now you find nothing. Right now. No, right now you find a couple of pictures. Right. And uh, we are just, we're just today. starting. Yes. Right. So there'll be... There'll Sunday. Be... We just made today Sunday. Not we just made today Tuesday when this podcast comes out. Right. So anyway, that is what's going on with that. We hope that you will... Continue to listen to us. We hope that you'll continue to go to sci-fi-for-me.com and horror-for-me.com and follow our stuff on, on YouTube and the other places we are because it's still put together by people who are friends of ours. Right. Uh, this is, you know, this is where Zompocalypse now came from. And we want to pe have people to, people to still go to those yes. places. So, um, and there's hope. Um, I think down the line I'd like to see some, I'd like to see some of our other stuff come back. Mm -hmm. uh, but we'll see. We'll see. Anyway. So tonight, part part two of the of the assault on a number of places. Yes, that radio tower that they've already claimed one time and mm -hmm. abandoned. Right. Um, Jesus and Tara and Morgan have taken that, and a bunch of prisoners from there. Mm -hmm. Like more prisoners than I think that there should have been. There looked like there might have been 30 prisoners there. Oh, easily 30 prisoners there. And so I think way more people than were actually should have been there <laughs> were taken prisoner. Well, that's okay, because at the other place, at the gigantic <laughs> compound, there are not enough people. No. It's just, there's... Okay, this episode, this entire episode was a, a beating me over the head with this... The, that, that thing that The Walking Dead does where you see something happen and you go, wait a minute, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and it was like yes. all throughout the episode. It was just scene after scene and, you know, everything from... Okay, so Ezekiel is giving his, we will fight them on the beaches, yeah. we will fight them on the top, you know. brings all the boys to the yard. <laughs> Her growl is worse than yours. She'll eat you. Uh, see, now we have, you have, you have to write that now. <laughs> <laughs> that'll be, that'll be your first post on the, on the Facebook page is, the, is rewriting that for the tiger. So he's giving his speech about how if we do these things, we will be sick, we will win and, and none of us will die. And right. every, every three words is the word if. <laughs> yeah, and we're sitting there sitting on the couch and looking at Tim and said, glad he put in that qualifier. Like, it's not a, it's not a, when we, when we do this and we do this, then we will be, everything will be perfect. It's like, if. So then later, when everyone dies, he can be like, I said if. I said if. <laughs> you guys heard me, right? 
And so they're walking through the woods, and they're doing their thing, and suddenly it's saviors arching from around them, and the guns come up, and everyone's like, oh no! Oh no, we're trapped! But it was all a trick, because Carol and and that ginger uh, kingdom knight who's then originally found her and Morgan and a couple other people like come up and they mow them all down. Now they come up from behind. I, it looked like to me they came up from behind. I them think and, it was more to the left. But still, there is this. This is not like a dense forest they're walking through. It's these sparse trees, yeah. and suddenly they're like teleporting heroes. <laughs> yeah, it's like they were hiding behind the shrubbery or something. It's right. Like, you know, I kept waiting for like you know the Monty Python how not to be seen. <laughs> and Tim goes, "How did this happen?" And I said, "It, it was a trick. It was a trick. They let him. It was an ambush. They let him into an ambush, and then." Tim goes, yeah, but, but how? And he's like, they led him into an ambush, Tim. And he goes, but, but I was like, no, no, no. no. I know. They just... led them into an ambush. That's all you need. <laughs> this is like a stealth zombie. This is the yeah. this is the non-zombie equivalent of the stealth zombie. So, so they're like, yay, we did the thing. And for the rest of the episode, every time we see Ezekiel and, and Carol, they're taking out some of the most... Idiotic. <laughs> like, there's a part where, like, the bat, the the saviors come running in, and Ezekiel and his team stand up and are mowing them down, and they're still running in. Like, it's like, let me catch that bullet with my face. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a really horrifying um, twist. Um, Rick, the information that that they got was that the compound that Rick and everybody were storming is where all the big guns were. Right, we're talking like high caliber, like mounted weapons, the kind yes. of things you expect to be on, on, on military side. But, unfortunately, those weapons were moved the day before to... Dun, dun, dun! The next compound on the way, and they're like, we've, we've managed to kill everyone without a single casualty! <laughs> And it's like, we're going, oh God, they're all going to get bullets to the head. And they're like, nothing happens. Yeah, well, Carol goes, I'm going to go double check the compound for guys. Right. And so she goes off, and then everyone gets shot. Like, everyone standing around Morgan gets shot. It's like the the ginger looks at at Ezekiel, and he's like, he's got the face expression that says, this was too easy. Mm -hmm. And Ezekiel's like, hey, we got, and then it's like, oh crap. He looks up and he realizes that they're basically in the middle of a killing field. And I guess, it's hard to tell from the angle of the shot, that he sees somebody up in the tower. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe a flash, maybe, maybe a, flash. a sparkle. And then he starts to say, you know, he tells everyone to run, and the the guns go off, and it starts mowing people down. And his own people throw themselves on top of him. And he screams no as they're doing, because he realizes, it looks like he realizes that they're going to try and sacrifice themselves for him. Mm-hmm. And 50 caliber rounds go through people pretty effectively. So these guys are just, I mean, this isn't like they're going to be wounded. Mm-hmm. The armor they're wearing is not going to stop a 50 It's BMX anymore. biking armor. Yeah, it's not going to, yeah. Yeah. So. They didn't go raid a, a, a military supply store or anything. They just they just went to windmill cycles. <laughs> and they were like, what is the coolest looking armor we can find? So it's. It was it was almost bound to happen. We keep waiting for the entire episode mm-hmm. for this to happen or something like this because I, I don't sincerely doubt that the people that the well maybe they were I, I was gonna say I would doubt that the people that the last group that they fought, which basically seemed to run into the bullets, were 
sacrifices, mm -hmm. but nonetheless, um, they managed to draw them into basically what was a killing field. Yeah. So that's the entire Ezekiel Carroll yeah. storyline right there at the episode. It probably goes on for like probably, probably 10 minutes of the episode, but that's all there is to it. Yeah. Meanwhile, <laughs> um, back at the, the radio tower that they've taken twice and then abandoned twice, they're mm -hmm. packing up all their prisoners to leave, and Tara's like, this is a bad plan, and Morgan's like, I want to kill everyone, and Jesus is like, hang on, let's get to the hilltop and see what Maggie has to say. And Jesus' argument is very simple, is that the war will be over. Yeah. What are we, what do we do, what we do during the war is one thing. But when the war is over, we're going to have to live with whoever survives. Right. And so killing them all, if we, if we murder them all, if we become executioners, mm -hmm. what does that make us? We don't want to become them. War is one thing. You know, defending your families, fighting for your freedom, these are all important things. And that's what happens in war is you kill people, but you don't become executioners in the course of it. You, you know, mur it's still murder, mm -hmm. but there's degrees. And this is, this is something that people, you know, people struggle with in, in any war, really, is what have I become in the course of a war? Right. And Morgan already had a tenuous grasp on, on sanity and reality to begin with before any of this ever started. Well, he never wanted to be a killer. Right. And he's been pushed again and again into situations where he's had to kill. Yes. And this has never worked for, for him. I mean, remember that when we met Morgan, he was with his son, mm -hmm. trying to survive on his own, with his dead wife outside, who kept coming home. Mm -hmm. Coming you know, back to the door. And he's, you know, his, his trauma has been part of his life from the beginning, as, mm -hmm. soon, as, you know, as soon as Rick met him. So he's always been struggling, and he's kept trying to find a measure of peace, and it's always been taken away from him. Right. And when he decides to fight, I mentioned, I said while we were watching it, that Morgan's moral questioning, his, you know, moral quandary Morgan, uh, is much more interesting than moral quandary Rick, because mm -hmm. Rick seems to be, like, searching for, he struggles to find that moral quandary Mm -hmm. uh, whereas Morgan is just, it's, it's this organic thing that's just part of the character. Right. And it's been effective with varying degrees of effectiveness throughout the course of the show. But overall, he, it's an interesting thing to watch. He's, it's, he's a developed character. It makes sense for him mm -hmm. to do this. So he's, he's not happy and long-haired, awful person. Yeah. Long-haired long savior. The of, savior who killed little Timmy. Um... <laughs> It was at the, the radio tower and is now one of the prisoners. And because, because the writers thought it would be funny, they posted Morgan to walk right next to this dude. Oh, God. Yeah. And so he's, like, talking at Morgan, like, hey, why is your armor so small? Are you wearing that kid's armor? Wow, it was fun killing that kid. I like doing stuff like that. I'm just, like, the worst kind of person. Hey, Morgan, don't you like killing the worst kind of peoples? Isn't that sort of, like, the only reason you're doing this? Because we're, like, the worst kind of people? I sure am one of those, and I sure do like it. And, you know, you can just see, like, Morgan's hackles getting up. And, 
you know, he hates this guy. And then all of a sudden, some walkers start rolling down the hill because it's super fun. <laughs> Wait, before that, hold on. As much as I want to get to the walkers, the rolling walkers, we had, we've had we've had stealth walkers mm -hmm. and, and ninja walkers. Mm -hmm. And now we've Para got... Para-walkers for walkers. this guy. And now we've got, we've got rolling walkers, rolling hill walkers. Yeah, so Morgan is going nuts. You can see him just like simmering to to murder in this and he, mm -hmm. he actually whips his staff around and jesus is like whoa 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 calm down and then he and jesus have this conversation that you do not have in front of the prisoners you do not discuss the merits of keeping the prisoners alive in front of the prisoners you don't do that it's like it's like well like i said the, we talked about this last week that should have been a conversation that they right. had before they even started this war, what are we going to do when people surrender? And we obviously know they didn't do it because of the way that Daryl acts tonight. But we'll get to Daryl in a little bit. Yeah, so... <laughs> suddenly, suddenly walkers. Yes. <laughs> suddenly walkers rolling down the hill. <laughs> well, it's a steep hill onto the highway. Right. And so as the walkers take that first step down the hill, they all tumble. But it looks like it was just super fun. <laughs> And I, I said, uh, I said to Tim, I said, you know, I just imagine the conversation like, hey, hey, Frank, can can we roll down this hill? Looks like it would be super fun to roll down this hill. <laughs> oh, gee, Beth, I guess so. It only took my team six to eight hours each to get you all to look cool. He said it's okay, guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they all start rolling down the hill and attacking people. And... Somehow, despite the fact that there are many people with guns standing around, uh, these rolling walkers, some and walkers are not the most coordinated creatures anyway. Mm -hmm. They roll down and apparently spring up like jack-in-the-boxes mm -hmm. to attack people and bite through skulls, which is, again, this is not how skulls work. I think work. maybe that was just soft face meats. They might have just been There's biting through soft only face so meats. much soft, so, face, face, yeah. soft face meats on one's skull. So... The long-haired dude and his line of prisoners, they're like tied together in like groups of ten or something. Right. And so he's like, let's go. And they run, or run away. And then another, and I was looking at this woman, and she looked remarkably like the woman who got eaten, like the who's, who was in charge of the compound Rick stormed. Oh, the woman who just basically let herself die? Yeah, she looked a lot like her. But I know it's obviously not the same, it's just another random brunette woman. But well, there, there is a fashion trend among the, the saviors, which is if you're a small, dark-haired woman, you must have your hair in a ponytail. Right. It must be pulled back tight. Yes. So. So she starts to say, let's go, too. And then the floppy-haired guy who was the first one to, to surrender last week, like, trips her. And he's like, they have the guns. <laughs> and uh, so I think because they specifically called out floppy-haired mm -hmm. guy again... Like, he was the first one to to oh, surrender, mm -hmm. and now he had a line in this episode. I'm wondering if they're setting up another character on this show. Well, at some point you're going to have to, because again, Jesus is right. Yeah. You know, unless you kill all these people, these people are going to be part of the larger community. Right. And like we said last week, a significant chunk of the people who are fighting on the side of the saviors are not inherently evil people. Right. 
This is just the world that they're living in. This is the, this is the society they're in. They are going along to get along. And from the point of view, you know, from the point of view of the saviors, Rick and company are coming in to destroy their way of life. Yeah. You know, they are the bad guys. Yeah. And so they quite sensibly decide not to run away and get shot in the back. Yeah. However, Morgan goes after Longhair and his team and catches up to them and shoots one of them before Jesus catches up to him. And it's clear that it, it, it clear to Jesus and, and I think to us as well, although it's hard to tell honestly with Morgan, it looks like he's going to execute them all. Yeah. And again, like the look on Longhair guy's face when Morgan shows up and shoots that guy is not like, oh shit, we're all gonna die. It's hey buddy, good to see you again. <laughs> He like, might have actual brain damage. He like, might, because, like, I, or they, they were just like, we love that dumb look on your face. Just yeah. keep that dumb look on your face up, because that's don't, super fun. Don't display an actual conscious thought yeah. or, or, you know, a self-preservation instinct of any kind. So Jesus is like, uh, you can't do this. Mm -hmm. And other people show up, and they're like, okay. Let's take the prisoners back to the road, and... And suddenly... <laughs> Okay, so we have mentioned more than once in the course of the written reviews and the recorded reviews that The Walking Dead has a problem with time. Right. And I realize that in editing a TV show, you make sacrifices because of time. You've only got so many minutes. Usually right. it's 43 minutes, 50 minutes in some shows these days. But you have to make editing choices. Sometimes they don't work. So, as soon as Jesus and Morgan are having their speech, as soon as... Or as yeah, the minute they turn around and start talking to each other, all the other people are gone. Like, it's just like, poof. And Dustin's like, did they get raptured? <laughs> <laughs> what happened? And Morgan's like, they all have to die. Jesus is like, no, we've had this discussion. And Morgan's like, kill them all. And they're like... Jesus. And he starts going through his ticks again. Like, when he was yeah. in, in the, episode, the clear episode, he starts, like, saying weird... And, and Jesus is like, oh, Morgan. And it's very clear that as much as Morgan wants to be in a place where he can function in this world, he's not there. Right. And he gets he gets to that realization himself, but between this and that realization, he and Jesus just go at it. Mm -hmm. And Morgan is trying to kill him. Right. And Jesus, I have to say that in terms of, of fight scenes, this actually was kind of fun to watch. Yeah, it was a good, I thought it was a good one. Because Morgan is a, is a very effective stick fighter. Mm -hmm. And Jesus is a very effective... Martial artist. And it is a, it was just a, it was almost, it was almost ballet. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was, it, was a, it was choreographed in the way that looked violent. Yes. But it was clearly... And you could tell, you could see... The two different opposing, like, Morgan is actively trying to kill Jesus, and Jesus is actively trying to not allow Morgan to do that. I right. don't necessarily, he's not even really, like, it's, it's weird, it's like, you know, not really, he's, it's not that he's defending himself, he's, he's stopping Morgan from killing him. Right. It's. Yeah. It, it, it was very well, well done. And, there, and Jesus is trying to talk him down. And then suddenly, other people have come back. Yeah. After 
Jesus has essentially disarmed Morgan. And then Morgan, he, he hands Morgan back his staff, says, are we done? Mm-hmm. And Morgan's like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> and, every, and then the people show up and he's like, you know, really, Morgan, are we done? And Morgan's like, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. I gotta go. And Tara's like, but you're right, we should kill them all. And he's like, no, that's actually the wrong answer. Yeah. And I've got to tell you, like, I hate that they've made Tara the let's kill them all. The problem with this show, and it's a problem that you get with, with entertainment, period. And, uh-huh. you know, televised, you know, TV shows, movies, comic books too, obviously, is that when you have, you can't have every character have the nuance that you need to have to make them right. people. Morgan gets that nuance. Carol gets that nuance. Rick gets that nuance too much. Um, but you end up with characters like Carl, who yeah. has no nuance. Or yeah, the B-roll players end up getting shafted for the five or six people in the main cast, like the main guys. They're all like, you know, they're all... Their names are all in the credits, and they all got weird face montages last week. <laughs> but you know, they don't get. No, you can you can have an episode where Tara is struggling, right, with the moral quandary, Tara. But you can't have every episode. You can't have multiple episodes, right? And and I really, really like they did some things with her that I really on, did not like in any way, like the whole. She's sitting in the back of the truck, the prisoners are marching along, and she puts her finger on the trigger and mimes shooting them in the head. Yeah. And it's like, that's not who Tara is. That's not who you have established Tara to be. You have to also remember that at one point in her life, Tara was these people. Right. Tara was these people. But if we don't get get that conversation at some point... Mm -hmm. The show will have definitely done something wrong if we right. do get that conversation at some point. The show will still have done something wrong. Yeah, exactly. So, basically, that's that's kind of the end of that particular arc. Yeah, there. pretty much. Well, no, that's not true because because they do make it oh, back. Yeah. They do make it back to Hilltop, uh, but not before Gregory gets back to Hilltop. <laughs> He's like, help me! And and Maggie's like, that's. Gabriel's car. Where's Gabriel? And he's like, oh, no, I just found this car. It's the car was just lying there in the ground that I picked it up and brought mm-hmm. it back to you. And she's like, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. He's like, uh, I just, I was trying to do the right thing. And she's like, you're a weasel. Don't, don't lie to me, Gregory. I'm Australian and I do an impeccable southern accent. And he's like, I was wrong and I'm sorry. And it's like, he's giving the worst yeah, the he's... worst of all the line readings. But I really like I like this actor. Oh god, he's so much fun because he's he plays that char- this kind of character so good. Mm-hmm. So so she opens the door and it's like, "Why are you letting him in?" And she's like, "He's not worth killing anymore." And he's like, "I've changed, really. I'll show you." And we're like, "Don't you know no, you haven't?" Because <laughs> immediately the very second like the gates are opening and he's and and that's when everybody shows up with all the prisoners. What was the name of the guy on the on the? Oh, like Carl or or Brian or Brian or whatever. Something. But he's like, Brian told us you were what you did. And he's like, he exaggerates. Then he leaves her and he's like, hey, <laughs> yeah. And then and then he's like, Brian, you know you exaggerate. It's like with those pancakes. It's like you ate that little. <laughs> you know, 
they they made oh. some distinct like that and okay they've been doing this stupid red hatchet oh god um yes mini series mini sods and tonight we discovered that the red hatchet was with a family for a while <laughs> and they ran out of canned goods oh. and so the whole family went to the krogers to get some new cans oh, while they are eating working their way through these cans the girl is training the woman the mother the mother is training to use the the hatchet yes uh, so they go to get the cans and the little girl is with them mm -hmm. for reasons yes and uh, she is eaten, eaten upon by walkers. Right. And the next scene is the mother getting her hair all chopped off. Oh, the girl's hair is grabbed. Right, She's yeah. grabbed from behind. And uh, so the next scene is the mother getting all of her hair chopped off with a red hatchet. The moral of the story is do not take your small child with you into the zombie-infested territory. Yes. Yes. We've, we've learned this early on in The Walking Dead We world. knew this. Even, you know... So, anyway... Maggie's like, what am I supposed to do with them all? And Tara's like, you're supposed to kill them all! And Jesus is like, whoa, we've been having this discussion. You can't <laughs> kill them all! <laughs> and so Maggie decides to let them all live. Because Jesus is like, there's a couple of trailers out back. We can lock them in there until after it's all over. Right. It's going to be super fun when Gregory's like, all right, well, I'm going back to my office. And Maggie's like, <laughs> no, you should find a place. Like, I'm sure that someone will take you into there. And no one will take him in. He's going to basically be sitting out, you know, underneath a tarp. Somewhere. Yeah. It'll be great. <laughs> so now we get to the main. Our, it's hard to say what was our main storyline this week. I'd, well, they were split pretty evenly. The yeah. the C story was definitely the Kingdom folks. Yeah. But the A and the B story, the Hilltop folks. And I think think that they're going to cycle through it because I think that the A story last week was was the radio tower, Jesus mm. and Tara and Morgan. And this week, I think A was the weird complex. Right. Uh, and then... Next week, I think A is going to be the kingdom folk. Okay, so Rick and Morales are still standing there. And Morales is full on still in season two. He has a monologue and everything. It might actually have been longer because we timed the season two monologues way yeah. back when. We timed out. So the average season two monologue was two solid minutes. Right. And two solid minutes on television, on film is really long yes but he's basically saying rick you're a monster and we both have done the things we need to do to survive and now we're you know now i'm on this side of the gun and you're on that side of the gun and, and if, if i you were on this side of the gun i'd be dead already and and you know it's true and you know what you are and rick's like uh i don't know if that's family? true yeah <laughs> they didn't make it i'm sorry are you are you rick he's like what yeah, I feel bad for you. You don't know me anymore, Rick. And Rick's like, um, oh. so are you Negan now, too? And he's like, yes, I'm Negan, too. And Rick's like, oh, man. Shit. And so, like, roughly around the time that, that Morales, Morales is about to start on, like, you know, you didn't ever know me, Daryl comes in and just shoots in the back of the head with a crossbow. And Rick's like, did you... Know who that is? Yeah, I heard him talking. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter anymore. And uh, so, meanwhile, down at the bottom area, like uh, the guys have all gotten the call because because Morales 
radio them to come right. back and, and get Rick. Because Rick says that there are three people that nobody is allowed to kill. Mm -hmm. They're not allowed to kill Rick, the widow, or the king. Right. And oh, this actually is an important part because uh, Morales doesn't know who the widow is. Mm -hmm. And Rick's like, you know who the widow is, right? It's like, you know, Negan killed Glenn, killed him right in front of me. The widow is Maggie, Glenn's wife. And Morales is like, he got married? Mm -hmm. oh, he was married? And he's like, no, he wasn't married. He got married. You know, and he's like, oh. During all this? And so there's this crack in Morales. And this is, this is why Rick is upset when he gets killed. It's not, it's more, he's seeing the cracks. That Morales is, and this is actually part of the whole argument here, is that Morales is an example of somebody who came into the, in the savior environment. Right. And is just trying to survive. And he doesn't make him an evil person. Uh, he's not right in this case, but he's not, in, not completely wrong. Right. And that's the problem with the war, is that, you know, there are people on the other side are not necessarily demons. Mm -hmm. It's a hard thing to things think about. Things are complicated. It, things are complicated. It's a hard thing to think about. It's as much as there are plenty of opportunities to demonize the enemy. Right. Um, this show is, with mixed success, trying to show that the enemy is not all evil. Right. So, meanwhile, Aaron has taken Eric to a tree. Right. And Aaron has, or Eric has been shot straight through. Mm -hmm. So the bullet's not stuck in there, and that's great. But he's no condition to fight. And so Aaron's like, stay right here. He's also been shot in the lower uh, left side. There are some really rather vital organs in the yeah. mouth of that bullet. He's not... He's in serious danger of, right. of whether bleeding out or or things leaking inside. And you looked over at me and said, is there a medic with this group of people? <laughs> and then I made the joke that Eric was the medic, which obviously he wasn't. No, but, right. Um... <laughs> it's like, yeah, no, they apparently decided that, nah, we didn't need any medical help yeah. along. And, and they had this scene, and it's emotional. And I'm watching this, and Dustin's like, oh, God. I'm like, what, are you not buying this emotional scene? He's like, no. <laughs> and there's a couple problems with the emotional scene, okay? And that is they have taken, that you can see the compound behind yeah. them. And you can hear no gunshots. Right. It is very quiet. Now, there's a dramatic convention where the outside world sounds go away, and we're in our little bubble, and it's a terrible convention. Yeah. And this is entirely the wrong place to use it. It doesn't make any sense for them not to hear gunfire behind them. But they have their scene, and you're looking at this, and all you can think is, well, he's dead. Yeah, he is. You know. It's obviously 19, oh, you know, 18, I mean, 2009 for for Walking Dead. They can't allow the gay couple to put happily ever oh, after. Geez. Yeah, well... <clears throat> So, so Aaron goes back, so Eric tells Aaron to go back to the fight. And Eric's like, or Aaron's like, I'll be back, I'll be back. They were the most, they were the obnoxious couple before this all started that somebody would say, oh, hi, Aaron. Eric. <laughs> uh, so he goes back. Meanwhile, upstairs, uh, Daryl and Rick 
are having their conversation after he's killed Morales, and, and Daryl's like, where are the guns? And Rick's like, they're not here. Mm -hmm. At no point, by the way, does Rick mention the baby that he no. found last week. Yeah. Uh, there will now be a firefight up on this floor uh, with many, many rounds being shot through around. Bullets go through walls. These right. are not like steel but reinforced But not anywhere walls. near, no, they don't go through the walls that Daryl is standing behind. Well, of course not. Well, but then again, these people were also standing behind a Honda downstairs, yeah, and bullets go through Hondas too, guys. So, they're fighting and shooting and fighting and shooting. But before this, when they start to go back into the compound, the Savior starts shooting inside to the compound, and I'm like, what are they shooting at? Mm -hmm. The only people inside the compound are Rick and Daryl. Everyone else is outside. Yeah. What are they shooting at? So they get up onto the 17th floor, or however tall this building is, which is apparently like four floors, three yeah. or four floors yeah, from right. outside. And they're shooting and shooting and shooting, and our guys run out of bullets. And Rick looks over and sees a fire extinguisher. Now, what is it, every six months, the fire department has to come by and check the... <laughs> Check your fire Something extinguisher. Like I've got a fire sure. extinguisher in my kitchen. I could go check, but I don't want to get up. No, that's okay. Um, so I think after what a year and a half, two years, this mm -hmm. is probably expired or whatever. But anyway, he right. shoots it. And we have a giant cloud of of fire extinguisher stuff. Good thing it's not one of those like dry fuel things where it's just right. you know. Poof, <clears throat> but uh, it isn't. And in the cloud of smoke. They escape, and then Aaron and the other guys come in, and they clean up the whole rest of the saviors, and then they go downstairs and like are packing things up and getting things getting and ready put, to and move. stabbing walkers in the head, and apparently, Aaron thought that he should do all these other things before he went to find Eric. Yeah, because that makes no sense whatsoever. But this whole episode is full of things that don't actually yeah. make a lot of sense. And he goes out to find Eric, and Eric is gone. And there's a lot of blood. And he sees Eric wandering away. Now, we are now told several times over the next five, ten minutes that there's a bunch of walkers, there's a herd of walkers coming. Mm -hmm. But when we see the walkers in this scene, they are walking away right. from everybody. Aaron is, or, uh, Eric is walking away. Now, we've, this entire show, from the beginning, has shown that zombies respond to noises. And... Up until minutes ago, there were lots and lots of noises coming from yeah. this compound. So where are the zombies going? They're not all like leaving. But but it's so much more dramatic to have the Eric Walker walking uh, away know. from the Aaron as he stands there and, and like cries. I know, but it just doesn't make any sense. Ugh. It doesn't make any sense. Why? Why does it have to make sense? It was a poetic <sighs> shot. Yeah, whatever. So uh, Aaron's friend comes over and he's like, you know, we got to go. And Aaron's like, I, he, he's dead. I got to. And the guy's like, he's not alive anymore. He's gone. It's not yeah. him. We got to go. And and Aaron's very sad. And suddenly Rick remembers there's a baby upstairs. All right, baby upstairs. <laughs> who, who miraculously survived through the firefight. No stray bullets took out the small defenseless creature who was clearly like, forgotten for 90% of the episode. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I know. I, I had this weird feeling that they put that whole, put them bringing her downstairs in because somebody in the writer's room had to have raised their hands like, shouldn't we get the baby? Like, do you remember the baby? <laughs> we talked about the baby. 
And I'm like, where's the baby? I said, oh, no, they're going to get the, Rick's going to bring the baby down, and they're going to give the baby to Aaron, and it's going to be, Aaron will now have the baby. And then suddenly, Rick is coming up with the baby, and Eric, he's like, what are we going to do with the baby? And Aaron's like, I'll take the baby to Hilltop. And I'm like, there we go. Damn it, this show is predictable sometimes. So, Aaron is very sad, but he has a baby now. And again, this is the world's most well-behaved baby. They have, some somewhere somewhere in Atlanta, they've got a baby wrangler that is, like, worth their weight in gold. However, Rick gives the baby to Aaron without uh, food formula. Or, formula or diapers or anything. And I, I'm sure that stuff was upstairs. No problem. And Rick could have brought it down. Well, again, they're going to abandon this perfectly nice compound. Oh, I know. You know. So the way you fight a war is <laughs> you seize territory and then you defend it. Right. And then you basically, if you're using that territory to, to reduce the footprint of the enemy. So that's why they had to go after the radio tower twice because they went and they killed everybody and then turned around and left thinking, oh, the job's done. They didn't leave anyone there. They should have, if they had... Uh, why? Now, we don't know that they didn't actually leave anybody there this time, but we don't know. They didn't. So I know they didn't. We know they didn't. It doesn't make any sense. So, yes, they're going to leave all this stuff, because there's, there's a herd of walkers coming, even though the last time we saw the walkers, they were walking away. Yes. So I don't even know. I don't even know. So that's when everyone, again, people just disappear on this show throughout the course yeah. of the episode. So, you know, Rick and... Daryl are talking about what their next stop is going to be, and all of a sudden somebody shoots from behind a tree. And we look around, and there's nobody else. Everybody else is gone suddenly. Mm -hmm. And again, Rick and Daryl decide to wait till everyone is left to have these conversations, because this is not how the world works. Yes. Anyway, and Rick's like, you know, there's not enough room for two people behind that tree. And I'm looking at it, going, from this angle, you could hide a lot of people behind that yeah. tree. That's a lot of. There's a lot of woodland over there. Are you sure, Rick? And the guy's like, um, help. Yeah. <laughs> and Rick's like, okay, I'll give you my word. If you come out, tell us what you want to know. I'll give you my word. And, and, and there's not much in this world you can count on anymore. And, and man's word is as, as good as it gets. And, and I'm thinking, oh, no. This doesn't actually apply. You know that, right? Right. And the kid steps out and he's like, hi. <laughs> Please don't kill me. And Rick's like, I'm not going to kill you. Like, Where were the question? guns? Where, weren't there guns here? And he's like, yeah, but they got moved yesterday. That's when we find out that they were moved to the, to the place where the kingdom is attacking. Right. And he's like, so are you going to let me go now? And Daryl just shoots him. And the look on Rick's face is very much like, ah, oh, it, Daryl. The guy didn't, you know, he was surrendering. We don't, you know. But again, this is that conversation. They should have. I mean... Yes. Daryl is, in many ways, Daryl is kind of the perfect soldier in mm -hmm. this kind of conflict. He does, he has, he has empathy issues. Mm -hmm. If you're his friend, if he loves you, if you're family, he will do anything for you. He will die for you. But if you're not, if you're outside the sphere, yeah. uh, he, he, he doesn't care. And he will kill you. He'll just, it's, it doesn't affect him in that way. Uh, I think the people that matter to him, you know, when he loses them, it, it, yeah, he has feelings, 
but he focuses them on a very mm -hmm. small group of people. So yeah, it's there's a whole lot of things that are really cool and dramatic, and there's great fight scenes, and and there's there's clearly uh, you know there's a strategy that our characters have for fighting this war, but there's so many things that should have been discussed and mm -hmm. debated and dealt with before we well, get into also, these situations. Well, also, but they didn't have really, you know, they didn't have time to make, like, huge, you know, like, like these giant decisions, what happens when one guy surrenders, when you have the one kid who's standing there and he surrenders. Well, but no, you, you, if you have time to have a speech on a flatbed truck, if you have time to organize people into teams and transport them from point A to point B. None of this stuff is around the corner. Right. It's all miles and miles away. If you have time to figure out where you've got to go, you have time to look at somebody and say, what do we do with prisoners? I don't know. Do we kill them? No, we can't just kill them. All right, fine. We'll, we'll have prisoners. If they surrender, we'll, we'll take prisoners. That's, that's how long that conversation takes. Mm -hmm. If you want to have a debate about it, it takes, what, you know, an afternoon. You know, there's time for this stuff, and there should be time for this. You are fighting a war. And I don't know why they I don't know why they're not letting the characters have these conversations. Because it's getting in the way. Because it wasn't a terrible episode. I mean, but there no, was all fine. There was a lot that was just wrong. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see where it goes. Our next episode is clearly focused on the folks at the kingdom because yeah. things have all, has gone very wrong. And it looks like it's gonna be very much a Carol focused episode. Yeah. And Carol and, and and King Ezekiel and and basically it's going to be you know Die Hard in the compound yeah maybe Carol. something with Rick and and Daryl right because they're riding down the road and like like Rick looked a couple of times at Daryl like what am I going to do with you yeah so yeah I think we're we're going to get you know Carol John McClaning her way through all the bad guys here because that's just Carol. And I love the way that they do it when she does it. It's because it's, she just just would really rather be doing anything else in the world. It's like, oh, this again. <laughs> Carol has become a very ruthless killer, but she's never become someone who's enjoyed being a ruthless killer. Yeah. It's a thing that she's doing, and she's she's been able to reach that point that too many other characters on the show have not... Um, Morgan and Rick struggle with this in ways that Carol... We've seen Carol struggle with this as well. Mm -hmm. But Carol has been much better at finding a balancing between, you know, when it has to be done, it has to be done. And then I can not do it. Um, and recognizing that there's... When you're a soldier, you're a soldier. Mm -hmm. When you're not, you're not. And that's just, you know, clearly that's the moral quantity that our characters are struggling with. But, eh, it'll be fun. In a Carol kind of way, I, I'm a little concerned about this season so far with with what we've been getting in terms of characters not having necessary conversations or you know things happening that don't make sense. Right. So I don't know. It's not hate watching. No, it's not hate watching. So, all right, we'll be back next week with more of Zompocalypse Now. Uh, again, uh, you can find us on SciFiForMe.com uh, and HorrorForMe.com, I believe, still. Uh, you can follow our uh, adventure <coughs> on Facebook. <coughs> if I survive the little little breath I just took. <laughs>
was nothing. Just you got a little live? breath and a little bubble of spit went down into my esophagus and I nearly drowned. Yeah, check us out on Facebook. <laughs> all right, so <laughs> life is meaningless. We're all we're all headed towards the grave, but you know, go to Facebook and look at our new page we put up. And on that happy note, thank you for listening, folks. We'll be back next week with more Softpocalypse Now. Good night. This has been a presentation of HorrorForMe.com. Copyright 2017 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. You're listening to Horror For Me Radio. Ha, ha, ha.